start this off in the uh, traditional manner then. So, hey up and welcome to the Temple of Blair. Different format this week. We'll get into that. I'm Raw and not Jim Pawns, and but Jim is here. Hello. Hello. Also, we have a uh, far, not former friend of the podcast, former podcast guest, karate man, former owner of a uh, gorgeous rack, Mr. Johnny Bates. Hello. And also from Uberock, and also we are joined from Uberock by possibly the only person I have attempted to pick up and failed at. <laughs> good evening. My good friend Justin, no one knows his last name. <laughs> and never will. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> So what we are gathered here today to do is discuss four bands that we've all listened to and get our get our thoughts on them. But the first thing we need to discuss is what the fucking hell are we going to call this? Um, we could call it what the fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> that just gives away one of the bands there, doesn't it? For today. <laughs> yeah. um, I suggest it. It can be keeping it within the restrictions of um, one a temple-based um, fixture or fitting. Uh, also, the content being signal-boosting what we regard as, or what the general market would res- uh, refer to as like an obscure band. I suggested Cryptic Offerings. Cryptic Offerings is good. I think that's a Megadeth album. I think Crypt- Johnny right. did that. Another I, I did, yeah. What, one of the shit end of Megadeth albums, personally, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about getting sued by Dave Mustaine because Dave will batter him. I will, I will jujitsu the fuck out of Dave Mustaine. <laughs> <laughs> he is a purple belt, but I'll put up a damn good fight. I'll put a cheeky headbutt in there and he won't expect it. When it depends on what he pays me to stand in the way. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fight the sub boss before the main boss and just fail like Goro in Mortal Kombat. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm still 100% behind Ooh Bleh because it's a black pun and I love the black pun. <laughs> I mean, I did originally think... Is that right? I, 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 was, I did originally think of uh, Sounds of the Undergrounds, but then I realised we weren't ca- girls allowed, so I gave up on that idea. <laughs> Cryptic Sounds of the Underground? <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll Atletico Mince this. Lads, uh, Johnny and Justin, are you familiar with Atletico Mince? Probably not as familiar as you want me to be. Yeah. <laughs> football podcast that isn't a football podcast, but every week in his co-host Andy, they suggest names for each other and can either keep or reject them. So we'll keep okay. it as cryptic offerings for now, but if anyone comes at the start of this next time and goes, do, do you want a name? Do you want a name? And you put the name for it and we can uh, accept or reject it. Okay. So me. what I thought we'd do is we'd spend for each band, uh, the person who's brought the band forward to the discussion group talks about that band for you know a couple of minutes and the rest of it do it and then we should be able to nicely go through it and at the end we'll make it a consensus who's our who's our favorite band out of the four okay so seeing as though you haven't chatted on this podcast before justin you're gonna go first Thanks for that. <laughs> well uh, i picked a band called sky valley mistress uh they it's their debut album which came out last year it's uh, the very kind of they're not exactly heavy, but heavy blues, if you kind of get what I mean with that. It's maybe slash stoner because everyone wants to be in the stoner market these days. And they did actually have Dave Catchings uh, produce that album. He was obviously, he's got the studio over in, or send it anywhere in California. 
which produces a lot of the kind of stoner rock, desert rock bands. He's in, I think it's Eagles of Death Metal that he's in. He's been involved with Queens of the Stone Age bands like that as well. Mm. So he, they got in touch with him and he actually invited them to go across to record their debut album in his studio. That's how highly he actually rated them. So yeah, I, I've made a couple of notes about fuck up as much as I probably <laughs> will at every other point. Uh, the... It, Female vocals, which I love in the whole kind of stoner thing, because it's that. Can I just add one thing before we go anywhere else with this? Jimmy's the only person not to pick a band with a female in it, so Jim, you are a massive sexist. It's <laughs> <laughs> such in, in podcast one. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she's got uh, what I see is kind of Nancy Wilson slash Stevie Nicks style vocals. There's sometimes that kind of hint of almost disdain in the way she does it. Sometimes a bit more kind of, well, there's a lot of kind of soul behind the voice as well. It's not a standard rock voice in that manner. It's that almost mm. a bit too smooth, but mm. it works so well because of that thing. Mm. Mm. It was, they'd been together, I think it was five years or so before they actually got around to fully writing the debut album. So it's not like they were brand new together when they wrote it. But still for a debut album, there's that much kind of, I'd say probably swagger to what they've done. That it kind of strikes me as very different from a lot of debut albums, even for bands that have been together for a while before actually releasing the first album. And that's why I chose them. Cool. Yeah, so lads, what do we what do we think about Sky Valley Mistress then? Who are they signed to? Uh, you and your labels, Jim. <laughs> I think they've, they've just gone to heavy psych, I think. For, it, for an EP. It was cool because it was reminiscent of like a heavy, to me, St. Jude. Okay. Just kind of like super accessible but dirty as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did quite enjoy it on, on, on that bass. But the reason I ask is just because when I go on about mine, I'm just noticing that the sort of the, the, the background personnel is, is incredibly incestuous. And I was just wondering how often, like I know Dave's is based in Liverpool as well. Yeah, so I'm like, well, every everything's from Liverpool. Oh, half of this this episode is going to be about Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to see if anyone else is like accidentally sort of like dipping I, in. Yeah, they're, they're from Blackburn, so it's not far away actually. Oh my it, god, it's about forty, maybe fifty miles away directly. Yeah, ish. So yeah, they're, they're not too far away. They've actually played in Liverpool before. They played at uh, the uh, Liverpool South City Festival in 2016. Right. They, they were on, I think, one of the big stages down at the Peterhead. Right. Mm. Johnny, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm definitely going to pick up on what Justin said about the, it being a debut album. I know when I first started listening to it, there was no way I would have suspected that this was a, a first release because it's, you know, it's well-polished, it's, it's mm. mature as well. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it sounds like second, third album, it, like, the very earliest like it does not sound like a band who would just find their feet with their first release you know and i really did dig the sort of smooth very bluesy vocals i, I thought like yes. reminded me a bit of joanne shaw taylor the uh female blues guitarist yeah, yeah i think it took me ages to put my finger on exactly who i could think of but i, th- I got it eventually it was yeah joanne shaw taylor is is certainly who i would pin down the the vocalist mm-hmm. it sounded like i think the album cover is a bit Shit, Sergeant Peppers. <laughs> but, 
it, I guess it's what if it's what they're going for, it's what they're going for. I don't mm. know. I have like going down some rabbit holes on that album art. I, I feel like I've got a very specific taste. Okay. <laughs> this fe- this feels very sort of like reminiscent of those. Um, um, you know, in the seventies where they hadn't really caught onto minimalism yet, and they were just chucking everything at the wall. It kind of reminds me of that kind of era. What what you're looking at is a sort of ballsed up Russian Orthodox Church um, cross, and um, the contents of a car boot sale in in what I can what looks like a chapel setting. Well, all the stuff from the car boot sale is very very seventies, which is like the era they're sort of trying to evoke, I'd say as well. Yeah. So it does it does fit with it. So yeah. So my my thoughts on Sky Valley Mistress are they are they are a very Justin band from from spending quite a few nights drunkenly there reading his patch jacket from behind. There's lots of female fronted stuff from that sort of like seventies eighties era and stuff like that. So like listening to a guy, yeah, they might not be a me band, but they're a Justin band. So yeah, the music wise, it's it's not really for me. I could get into it at some point, but her vocals are shit on. So I'll give her that. What I liked about it is, and this is where I've actually done a bit of proper listening, is like each song that we listened to was a little bit different. Like, um, I think You Got Nothing and Blue Desert, like two completely different yeah. sounding songs, even though it's the same band. But she does like the slow croony vocals on Blue Desert and then more harsh ones on You Got Nothing, but it still works and still sounds like them. So, yeah. With Blue Desert as well, they don't just have that one sound in the song that it's almost it's like black sabbath have done a kind of desert box song in the way that they've got the different riffs as you kind of progress mm. through the song as well and then well the, the other main song for me was it, it won't stop mm. i mean i i put this album last year got sent into us and i thought well i think it was pretty much last minute as well just went well i've got a space i'll give these a try and it was to me, it was one of the best decisions I made last year. Listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> not many good decisions were made last year, but fuck me, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it, there was something about it won't stop, just kind of earworm me that I just ended up having it on for about an hour at a time on repeat. It's yeah, it's, it's there's such a kind of poise, I think is the right word, about that song. That's I mean, again, going back to it being a, a full debut. I think there had been an EP or two EPs before, a few years beforehand. But for a debut release to have that level of poise and yeah. confidence is just unreal. Hmm. Yeah, they are very, very together in what they do. Yeah. And production value on everything, you can tell when you've said it's done in like a proper studio, yeah. you can tell it's done in a proper studio. Yeah, well, if the studio itself is re- really highly regarded on the whole kind of desert rock yeah. stoner scene. Like yeah. Lots of people wait for the chance to try and get in there. They got invited across personally by the guy that runs it, Dave Catchin. So it says a lot. Yeah, cool. So we, we've all got positive feelings about Sky Valley Mistress then, yeah? Definitely, yeah. Right, we've had an Uber, so we'll go for a blare, and I'm feeling polite today, so Jim, you can you can present your... Uh... Oh, you <laughs> bastard. You're, you're <laughs> bast- so, my band's Video Nasties, and um, I, got a, um, I got a hard-on for them when I was researching for my interview with Andrew Field. Andrew Field being king of APF Records. 
Uh, video analysis are uh, scientific. He's also a heavy metal. He's also a heavy metal statistician as well. I'm trying my best. Try my fucking best. Anyway, <clears throat> so video nasties. Um, I won't go too much into like where they've come from as like musicians, other than they seem to come from a circle in Liverpool which is incredibly incestuous and has links with. And this is what you'll find with APF. Uh, well, what I, f- I feel to be finding with some APF record bands, a lot of the ex-members will play in other bands um, of, of you know various bands. As some things fall, they move on to new things, and you see a lot of like common names. Like <clears throat> for example, the um, Guitarist for this band uh, also plays in a band called SSS. Uh, a member of SSS is the person who recorded this album, and then it was mixed by a guy from Corrupt Moral Alter, who and a, a guy from Corrupt yeah. Moral Alter is also in fucking Napalm Death. So there's this massive sort of like incestuous fucking cult of of stone and metal and grindcore going on in terms of the personnel involved, um, and it kind of shows, right? So in terms of the sound. I was really struggling with trying to find a, a fa- like a foundation, right? And, and in terms of the points of reference, yeah, because Mel Archives refer to these guys as black and roll, and I don't think that's accurate. To be nah. fair, no way. Yeah. I think this is um, these these are my two bands, which I think if you listen to these, you're gonna get. There's that. Well, first of all, it's Cancer Bats, right? I get a big Cancer Bats vibe. The songs are guitar driven, but they're way more intricate than Cancer Bats. And the other one is, it's a toss-up between Napalm Death, or if you want to go more modern, it's Venom Prison. It's that sort of emerging sort of hybrid grindcore, but more accessible sound. That's what I feel. Um, But at the same time, there's some really, really vivid um, scoops out of different genres. Massive scoops. There's a vibe going on with them. Definitely. Sometimes it not. It depends what. Now we're getting into the weeds because what thrash, what era of thrash? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm deadly serious. There's some. There's some bits in Helvetica which I was like, "This is really new wave of British heavy metal." And then I was like, "No, it's not. It's new wave of American heavy metal. It's like got proper early Avenged Sevenfold, um, <laughs> like Twin Harmies and, and things like that. It's really, um, uh, it's really vivid. But on that same kind of like cancer bats and video, uh, not video astis, sorry, um, Venom Prison Foundation, that really sort of dirty foundation. Um, similarly, there's some proper like um, acid rock stuff, and then there's a lot of master. Oh, there's some proper mastodony moments, and it's really diverse. Um, but yeah, that album came out last year. Dominion, it's fucking shit art. If to be honest, man, if you put them on tour with say Venom Prison or one of the emerging sort of like century media acts, or even, even I dare say a new, new day roadrunner acts, like that sort of the hardcore acts that they're signing now. That's like a proper on brand evening that you're going to be in for. And it's really fucking shit art. If you ask me the big, the big one there, the big sing- that the big sort of track is the single hanging tree. Just sort of relentless, uh, relentlessly yeah. paced and riff driven It's where it's, it's an elevate. Like, I know I keep talking about cancer bats, but cancer bats are like, in terms of their hardcore-driven um, songwriting, it's that, but the guitar is elevated, and it's kind of elevated that drive. It's elevated that fucking granite block that's smacking you in the face. And Hanging Tree is probably the most um, prominent example of that. But this is the thing about APF, yeah? My relationship with stoner metal is really founded in sort of like the Pantera offshoots. Is the Nola sound, yeah? Mm. And then when I started listening to stuff like this, everything is sort of caught, as I said earlier, Justin, it's kind of like an, it's an in vogue thing at the minute to be a stoner band, but it kind of has a completely different sound to what I would refer to as stoner. So it's kind of making me challenge what I 
think that genre mm. is and it's got part the thing about modern stone metal is is kind of it's it's really sort of well laced together riffage it's relentless sometimes i find modern stone metal to be boring as fuck but i think in terms of its structure it just flows riff to riff to riff to riff and that's another thing that these guys do mm. but yeah i just think this lot of shit these are like the only reason i haven't bought a t-shirt is because i don't like the logo Otherwise, <laughs> sort that out, video nasty. Sort that out. Oh, actually, the logo itself is pretty good, but the, the, their album art and their T-shirts are too busy for me. Okay. <laughs> Ubers, what, what, what do we reckon to video nasties then in their choice of T-shirts and other stuff? Uh, I've, I kind of know a, a couple of the guys in the band, so I've known about these from the Liverpool metal scene. <laughs> Well, I've kind of been involved with it for 21 and a half years, so I get to know people from over that period of time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I probably know one of the guitarists better than the others. Uh, he's He was formerly in a band called Iron Witch, who were very kind of, I think I described him as Swamp Sludge. Ooh. But I, I mentioned to Jim about some of the previous acts that were involved. It's actually two members of SSS in there as well. The drummer's also in SSS. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and there's two, I think, Swex Bendel interlude as well, and a very kind of heavy psych. Uh, that was more reminiscent of my idea of stone and metal. Yeah. Um, Bendel Institute. So okay. I was checking them out today, and it was like, this feels more familiar than what I'm being told is stone and metal. It's a different conversation, but I just think, like, by association, it's an interesting conversation to go, What when I say I like stone and metal, what the fuck do I mean? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've actually seen them all as kind of blackened thrash because they've obviously yeah. got that horror, horror influence, yeah. which is that it's what the whole video nasties concept is. Yeah, it's that kind of B movies, like gaudy horror stuff. Mm. So I, I kind of see it more as that ag- aggressive blackened thrash. Personally, mm. it's mm. I, agree, I agree that that black and roll thing because I did have a look on Encyclopedia Metallum as well, and saw that I was kind of like I personally wouldn't go there, but. I've heard other bands, a couple of bands come out to South Africa at the minute that are, have kind of got that tag as well, which old sludge and roll as well, which is... Is, is 2021 the year of the rolls? Is that, I oh, think so, like, yeah. Pirate metal and roll, thrush and roll. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I said, I'll personally say that they were more kind of black and fresh than yeah. that's... maybe anything else. That's the vibe I got from them was the sort of like overlaying black and thrash thing, but they don't fit the black and thrash blueprint. No. It's not just thrash with like a black metal vocal vocalist no. on it, like most of them are, because they're, once again, they're another band that we picked where each song we listen to has something a little bit different about it. It's not just, here's our yeah. template, we're sticking to this for five songs, or, you know, an album, and then, you know, if you don't like it, piss off. It's like there's something a bit different in everything, like, was it um, Viva Death where they've got like the chorus and you know them chanting it out and stuff but it feels it feels different to uh, the other ones that was actually the track I picked out as probably my favourite off the album as well Viva Death yeah mm. but then with Viva Death that is where they get the cancer about stuff from that sort of like pause mm. and the sort of like chord hanging is it the chord hanging I don't know what I mean but yeah that's sort of like hardcore influence where it's like everyone join in and sing the chorus and it's a bit different but yeah it's yeah Johnny, you're silent on the video, not well. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, um, like I, I was trying to like pick like the bands that I was trying to link out to, and I got very different to everyone else. So they're going, 
I pin them down as like a, a mashup between Viking Skull, if anyone remembers that they exist. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no, they've got a new one now, haven't they? They're, have they? Uh-huh. I think they crowdfunded a new one. Because they seem to have been out of action for a long time. But anyway. Um, yeah, like, Viking Skull. Viking Skull were ass. Because <laughs> you take Viking Skull and then you sort of like, you get your Viking Skull album and then you got a Satyricon album and then just sort of like smashed them together, yeah. ground them up That's a, a good way of saying it. Yeah, that's that's was, a good way of saying that. That was where I ended up with it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I've got two things that I really like. So let's just like really fucking smash them together and see if it works. And yeah, it absolutely did. That was, yeah. I was legit fun. like hovering over the vinyl to buy the vinyl and then it was sold out. So oh, no. it's like, I'd like put my money on these being fucking like the breakout for... I reckon, yeah, I reckon when touring happens again, if they get on it, they will be just like filling every. There'll be one of them bands where it's like, oh, a video nasty supporting these guys. Cross the art, it's a day of the week, you know, one of those. Where you do that sort of touring schedule because they could fit so many bands, can't they? Yep. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I, I think the fact that where the, the bands that they've been in before are quite diverse on the metal scene because mm. they've had that kind of slow, sludgy stuff with Doris Rick. So they're basis Rick, even. And they've got the fresh drumming guitarist, and then they've got the more kind of sterner metal, as Jim said before, and the Bend, and the Lintelude guys. So I think it's because they've got those different, those different ones. Pretty sure the vocalists are magpies as well. Yeah. But a, a much kind of slightly different band again. And I think that's why they've got that different sound by the time you put the harder concept in with everything else. That's where they're kind of getting it all from. Mm. It's where the big, a big part of the flow comes from. It's part. Of, it's really part of the pacing of the album. And this is my question for the table: Is the horror theme, like the sound bites from Hammer horror films and things like that, is that tired yet? No, it's awesome. No. More bands need to do it. <laughs> the way that they've done it isn't tired. If they approached it differently, I think it could have gone quite wrong. But personally, I think that the way that they've done it has worked. I think it's still good because I think we moved from a misfits place of like proper. Vincent Price kind of influence in the way that the aesthetic is formed and then moved into like a British, more of a British kind of hammer horror aesthetic. <laughs> and I think that's what British keeps horror. it kind of, <laughs> you know, I think that's, that is what kind of keeps it a little bit more weird and culty. Mm. Um, and I think it does, it, 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 like I say, it works for this and it doesn't work for other bands quite as well. Mm. And what they've done is they've hit the golden golden ratio with your horror intros because they've got just the right amount to go ooh it's from horror film whereas they don't do a mortician and play three minutes of horror film and then have a 20 second song at the end of it yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it's video nasty so once again we're all positive feelings about that one then yeah yep yep cool right absolutely but, uh, Johnny then was probably bringing the most popular and well known band of this yeah. thing Sur- yeah surprisingly <laughs> <Shut up>. um, <laughs> <laughs> But I think, Johnny. yeah, I mean, what's not surprising is that of all the bands, I've picked the most Southern band, um, which considered I'm also the most Southern person here, that mm-hmm. fucking makes sense, doesn't it, really? It's how it's happened. So, yeah, so we have uh, Hayden from uh, the Southeast. I've got the motherfucking hell. The Southeast. Yeah, right, right down there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so the hell are absolutely tongue-in-cheek, balls out, fucking in your face um you know they they self style themselves as the hell you dick as one title so you'll see a lot of their merchandise has dick on it somewhere like uh this t-shirt that says dickhead on it 
<laughs> so the hell's been knocking around for quite a while now. Um, Groove Hammer came out in 2014, which is what I like to call a Ron Seal album because it does exactly what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. You know, it, <laughs> it is groovy, but it's also fucking really heavy as well. Hammery. Yeah, exactly. It's hammery. You know, it it feels like you're being beaten around the head, but while you're having a little bit of a dance at the same time, which is perfect. Um, and then also on Groove Hammer, you had another great track, which I haven't actually picked for um, the playlist, but is is one worth mentioning. Is Everybody Dies, which is a really nice, happy song about how we should just not give a fuck because you know, everyone dies, and that's that's as simple as it is. So yeah, later they brought up Utopia. Um, which is again same same deal, really groovy, heavy as shit. Um, you know, you had tracks like the Fever on there, uh, which is about this you know fantasy disease called the Hell You Dick Fever. As that name come up again, um, that makes you sort of compulsively get down and, and just start moshing. Uh, it's got possibly one of my favourite lines in the song, which is, "If you get down with the sickness, you're a fucking prick." Which is true because we're all we're all too old to think disturbed uh, a sort of relevant band. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then things went really quiet in 2015. I, I thought that was it. I thought the hell were done. So would never have thought I'd be talking about them on on a so show like this. But no, they they, they came back in. I think it was about 2019. We did a, a big crowdfund campaign to release um, a collection of their like old shit and, and rarities called uh now 666 that's what i called old shit and stuff um which is great because part of the um crowdfund campaign if you backed i think it was only 30 quid you got your name mentioned in a, in a diss track at the end of the album so i'm now proudly <laughs> featured on that album where it says johnny bakes dickhead and that's it True. so True. possibly the most accurate song song going uh they followed that up though with some, some new music with douche which is just exactly how that album, like that, it's only a short EP, but it's how it fucking feels. It's just, it's like having someone in like size 10 fucking new rocks stamping on your head. It's just, it's all fucking heavy as shit. And it's great. You know, it's like, for what is essentially comedy hardcore, I suppose. Like mm. it was, it's fantastic. And then they followed up again with another, what I thought was a bit of a surprise album, which was, a concept album called Joris, the hard rock opera. So the hardcore opera, um, <laughs> which is about a guy called Joris works at a hardware store called. Yeah, I've been, wanting, I've been trying to figure out what the theme of the opera is from the one track I've listened to after this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's Joris. He works in a hardware store, uh, starts off, his alarm goes off. He's late for work. He's fucking screaming oh shit as he's driving to work, gets there late. Boss is an absolute dickhead to him, um, which is where he starts singing the, the track I picked, which is uh, Nuts and Bolts, about how he just doesn't give a fuck about Nuts and Bolts. <laughs> he only took this shitty little job for uh, to fund his holiday, and he's even had one of them, so fuck it, why should he do any work? Um, so yeah, that whole thing culminates in uh, the real like camaraderie song, Dickheads for Life, <laughs> uh, which I think a couple of days ago they actually released like a, a feature-length cut of that one, so that's worth checking out as well. And this is only part one of the opera, isn't it? So it is. Presumably there's like yeah. another album it's, of hardcore. Hardcore opera, part one. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then on the back of this, so they're one of the few bands that have actually got shows scheduled at the moment. Um, they've got one in London, um, I think it's about a month's time, 
It's, so, it sounds like it's going to be like a fucking cabaret show or something. So you had to book tables, and it was um like yeah, <laughs> sitting tables and you watch the Howl play. Charis. How long opera. people are going to stay sat down at those tables? Well, exactly. I mean, people are just going to be smashed off their tits, aren't they, on that one? Because you've mm. got to be. Mm. So, yeah, that was that was a whistle-stop tour of the hell. I mean, yeah, there's just... I had to pick different songs from different albums because I think it was the only way to really get an appreciation of what they're all about. Yes. Yes, indeed. Jim, thoughts on the hell, then? Um, I, I don't was, think I've heard you talk about the hell before. No, I was I was already I was swamped by memories of Bloodstock 2016 with you and Brock singing the uh, I got loads of money song in the car. <laughs> 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 I got one one five three pad. Brock's fucking got the window down screaming, I'm a thousand in <laughs> Good times. <laughs> nice. Uh, it sounds like a um in ter- not sonically, but like just in terms of the songs, it's like psycho stick but um better. And less cringy. Yeah. <laughs> In the same way that we just said Disturbed is like isn't a band for thirty year olds, um Psycho Stick also sort of like they're sort of left behind in the, the fourteen to twenty one category. Not in a nasty way, it's just um I just think when you discover the hell, Psycho Stick Psycho Stick are kinda of like rendered redundant in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being I'm not being a dickhead about it. I'm just like I'm just hey, hey, a dickhead it, according to the house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just when uh, given the option, I'm like, you know what? This resonates with me in a in a much more um uh foundational level than Psycho Stick, because I don't know, maybe it's just the Britishness of it. Maybe it's just like mm. the guy sounds like a fucking sick Johnny Rotten. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe, but yeah. So now, Justin, I want to hear your opinion on the hell because you're very quiet on bands like this. Uh, I did make a note for. I'm not sure if I should say this or not. <laughs> uh, I saw it as Goldie Luck and Chain trying to make music for angry sixteen-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, very much com- comedy hardcore. Uh, obviously, I, me and Johnny both know a few of the. Uh, comedy metal bands of different types. Yeah. <laughs> We've been to a few of them together, I'm pretty sure, as well. They they do what they do well. I, I wouldn't say it's particularly my kind of thing, but I think if I, I would, I probably would go and see them live and I probably would enjoy it. Mm. But I think it's, it strikes me as it's going to be a lot better live than listening to it sat at home. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I think it, You'll be there to like get the whole crowd like grooving along to, to yeah. Groove Hammer. That would be. Yeah. See, this is this is my thing about the hell. Ever since I've heard Groove Hammer and every other song, I don't feel like moshing. I don't feel like egg banging. I just feel like wiggling my ass, and I think that's weird. No other metal band has just made me want to wiggle my ass, but they do for some strange reason. But yeah, I, I don't think I can watch them like egg banging. It would just be ass wiggle like with a pint and like yeah, you guys, you guys go on, you guys pit. I'm, I'm staying here. Yeah, this is this is good. I like how, like, um, again, making, like, a psychostic comparison, when you have, like, your silly comedy metal, it's sort of, like, you can pick you can pick a lane, you can do, like, um, Oakley Doakley, you can make it sort of about one silly thing and try and elevate the thing to the point of tedium and making it funny, like, songs about beers, songs about one particular thing. But what I really like about The Hell is the take and, like, the take, it's like a sketch show. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You know what I mean? It's sort yeah. of scenario-driven songs, scenario-driven hardcore. I kind of appreciate the effort. <laughs> scenario-driven hardcore. Yeah, it almost yeah. undercuts like the dryness of the humor when you think they must have spent fucking hours <laughs> like, <laughs> thinking of like a hospital scenario and an illness yeah. about, about um, your own Shite club as well, where it's ah, yeah. being a bouncer and then being in a club that's crap where you have to pay loads of money for your drinks. And look, the, the songs weave into each other. There's some there's some cleverness behind this shit. And they're all just like really relatable scenarios as well, aren't they? Like fucking, I've got loads of money that moment you get paid and you actually feel like fucking rich and then your phone bill comes out and then it starts going to shit again <laughs> but like there's that brief moment isn't there where you're like that's how i'm gonna get everything i'm gonna go buy some fresh fruit some vegetables i'm gonna go to waitrose like <laughs> it's that kind of shit that you're like yeah no i've, I've been there I've, I've definitely done that yes especially the um discount section where if you're looking you can have pheasant for tea for less than a fiver <laughs> I'm going to check out the t-shirts, lads. Give me the, give me my comprehensive thoughts on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> music, you dick, merch, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Um, yeah, not too. Are they busy. too busy for you, though, Jim? That's not the thing. too busy at all. Not too busy. Straight to the point. The only people who are going to recognise those t-shirts are the people who've also got the same t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> one of those, one of those kind of things. Yeah, I do like the album art as well because it's usually one like color palette, and I, I feel like it's it's again less. It, it, I know I know my stick appeals to, appears to be less busy, but it's kind of is is that <laughs> why 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 make it like a colorscape acid trip fucking little box of horrors when you could just do you could pay out a scenario and just make it look nice. Yeah, yeah, the artwork is the comic book artwork is cool. So we're getting mainly positive vibes for the hell, whereas Justin, they're not Justin's thing. But it would go see him live. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it would grate on me after a while, but I'm in for the novelty now that I've just heard him properly. <laughs> I think that's all you can be with him, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, well, there's me left now, isn't there? So um, I think novelty applies to what I've brought to the table as well. But I would I would like to tell my tale of how I discovered this band. I remember it was some time ago, possibly 18 months, possibly longer. I have no idea. I saw a poster for something that I think was Manifest or some sort of like little, little festival like that. And I saw a band on there with a name. And I looked at that name and I went, nah, nah, it can't be. As, as a band call themselves that because if they have they will probably be exactly what I'm thinking of so I, I, I looked again at the name and I was like yes that is definitely the term for the first people through the breach in the seeds during the Napoleonic Wars this band can only be about one thing and oh my god they are the band is full on hope who are pretty much um, if Iron Maiden and Sabaton had a nerdier child is the best way to describe them a nerdy, nerdy child that just sings about the Napoleonic Wars, but in a galloping, awesome style. So they had um, debut album out last year, which is Over the Hills and Far Away, which is basically the series Sharp, just put to metal. <laughs> it's the only way to describe it. But with a very, very good cover of the uh, Sharp theme tune, Over the Hills and Far Away, where they've actually changed the... Um, uh, the structure of the song a bit and they've not just gone, oh, let's just take John Tams and put distortion on him and metal him up. 
Well, yeah, the good me and, me and Jim saw him live on our very, very sensible day to go see him live in Manchester, where we asked that question, which every metalhead asks himself at one point when you get a bit older and a bit more responsible, which is, does this gig venue serve coffee? We spent about four hours sat at the back <laughs> drinking like drinking Schweppes. <laughs> Waiting for the band that we came to see to come on. <laughs> well, you know, the 12 people in attendance who stayed from loved them and, and, and we did as well. Yeah, it's one of them where what they do on stage is what they do on the album. And I think it's one of these where it's like they know what their shtick is. It's just the galloping, maideny, sabatony metal. And they've done the Napoleonic Wars and they've got a single out which was about World War One. But who knows if they're going to do an album on World War One? Who knows if they're going to go back to the Napoleonic Wars. Um, but I also have a um, special place for these guys as well because I it's the only EP I've ever ordered off of Bandcamp because I'm like, oh my God, sharp metal exists. I must own this and kept that CD in my car for months and it's four tracks just on repeat. But they uh, sent me it out late, so they were really nice and sent me a uh, signed photo of themselves stood in front of some war memorial. So that I might have it. Yeah, it's now on. Yeah, Fox Cult, which is now on my desk next to my signed picture of Dave Benson Phillips. So my autograph collection grows more glorious every day. So Johnny, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of nods from you. So we'll we'll go for you with your follow-on hope. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm going to congratulate you for only mentioning Sharp four times. Yes, thought you were going to go for it a lot more than that. I was was getting ready for some nice. Getting ready for some like severe penalties for the amount of times you mentioned. Show. No, we're, we're yeah. here to talk about music. We're not here to talk about historical accuracies <clears throat> in the music and what have you. So, but I think yeah. So I, I had the the chance to review um, Fall on Hope. They played at Power Metal Quest Fest. That'll was, be the poster where a bloody song was. It probably was. Yeah, in what twenty that'd be twenty nineteen, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, down yeah. in Birmingham with uh, the the festival run by the Keysets, essentially. <clears throat> uh, and yeah, they they were they were shit hot there as well. Like. It was a surprisingly big crowd for them uh, when I saw them. Sharp fandom runs deep, mate. It, it really does. And, and you know what? They really do play on the the whole sharp fandom as well. I don't know if you've seen that they they released a series of patches, you know, with their logo and their name on it. And then they released the second series, which is the same logo, but instead of Fall on Hope, it just says Busted. Yes. So... If you haven't already got that, I am very surprised. Uh, it's it's going to be on the way when I have some disposable cash. Don't you worry about that. One. I, I thought so. I mean, I did nearly buy a few for your birthday. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, they, like I think you pretty much nailed it spot on. You know, it's it's very Iron Maiden-y in the, the way the music gallops through. Mm. Um, I think on their first album, I think the, the vocals might benefit from a bit stronger mixing. They, they come across a little bit flat sometimes, but... I think that's something that will come as they as they go through and you know, get stronger in, in the way they mix their own music or they, they get on board with a with a decent producer. Um but that's absolutely no detraction from from the band themselves. Uh like seeing them live was they, they were pretty fantastic. Um I'd go as far as to say as they currently they are they are better live than they are on, on their own album. Um so I am really interested to see what comes of their their next album and see sure. if they do start building sure. on that. Yeah, so we're gonna I'm gonna change the format because I want I want to hear Justin's tales because Fall on Hope are quite young. So have you had yeah. to refuse them entry to some bars you've been doing security on or something like that, or bought them the first pint or something? You know, because <laughs> I've been drinking with them in Manchester, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I've, I've uh, I, 
think the first time I met them, I bumped into them in Satan's, I think after they played a gig in Manchester. And then they just ended up at Satan's afterwards and something to do till the last train or whatever. <laughs> Which and, is then, and, and then stayed yeah. afterwards anyway and got the first coaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, ended up drinking with them, I think, most of that night. They seem decent lads in, in themselves. Uh, you said about Sabaton, and I made that's exactly what I picked up on, especially the track Rifles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah. I made specific notes of that. It was so much like the Trooper by Maiden, yeah. almost like Sabaton covering it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, when I went through the album, I actually picked the title track as probably my pick of the album just because it was that bit different from the rest. So mm. it kind of gave that bit more depth rather than, yeah, you know, they, they, they've done what they've done well. It, but there's not a great variation in the sound apart from, I would say, that type of track. Yeah, yeah, that's what's different about. But then this is one of these where it's like the different uh, the bands we've talked about, really, because they're going, nope, we want to do this. We're going to do this well. This is what we're going to do. Cheers. If you love it, yep. you love us. If you don't, I love wherever. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know where I stand on that, so... <laughs> The other one I picked up on was uh, Talavera, which sounded like John Farnham covering Sabaton. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think I've had to listen back through it several more times to kind of real get that back again. I think, mm. yeah, it was definitely something I picked up on a couple of listens through. Mm. So Jim, wrap round us off then with your live live experience of Fall on Hope. That oh, you, mate. No, well, I, gotta, I, like I dragged you, but you drove, didn't you? So no, no, you I was all over it, mate. I, drove you to, so. I wanted to get some chicken, so I thought I'll go to a Fall on Hope gig, then get some chicken. And <laughs> if you want to treat yourself, go on fallonhope.uk. Just do it in a window while I'm chatting. Just, just the splash page is a fucking treat. Absolute <laughs> treat. Lifted straight from Royal Armies. It's brilliant. Um, so... Yeah, the, th- the thing is, I'm going to bore you to death, actually, because I completely, I'm going to completely imitate what Johnny said. And it's like, the production on that album is not representative of, of the live show. And furthermore... Should, should that be printed on every copy from now on? The production yes. on this album is not representative of the live show. Furthermore, it's, there's no top end on it, right? So, the, and <coughs> there's some... I know that, I don't know if they're trying to, to differentiate themselves in the sound from, say, like your Maidens and your Sabatons, but there's certain power metal conventions which I would have expected uh, them to hit those beats in terms of the production. Just the guy's got a good sort of high voice. Yeah. It's a good angelic sort of sounding voice. So why don't the proper lean into it, get some effects on it? Like I'm talking like just reverb or something like that. It just doesn't sound as grand as it could sound grand. Mm-hmm. And it's really bottom heavy. And when it's... Um, in fact, I'd say it's even bottom heavy. Maybe the mid's taken out, so the guitars have no presence whatsoever. You've got a lot of keys, and then you've got a lot of kick. And then then you've got the vocals taking up those higher frequencies, and that's it. When really, there's a lot of lead work which could be taking up that space and taking up that headroom. And it kind of takes me out of it as a live sound engineer, but no one else, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's... In, in the same way as we've been saying in terms of the songs and the, how it, it can, you know, some of it sounds a bit samey. Like uh, for me in particular, I struggle with Talavera just because like, it's one of those really draggy on sort of choruses. It almost sounds like, yeah, Maiden, Blaze Bailey Maiden to me. Um, but I also understand it's early days. 
So mm. once they have leaned a little bit more towards <laughs> like picking a lane and going, all right, let's just fucking like bash out some news, blah, blah, blah. It'll come in time. Mm. Foundations there, especially if like they, especially if they've gone for the novelty of like, all right, we're going to do Napoleonic Wars. This is going to be our thing. And it's going to be a right fucking laugh. Yeah. They've got, the, they've got like the Warhammer-esque artwork and that's fucking yeah, that's brilliant. Cool. That's, that's like, that's pinned me down as like a demographic and as an interested party. And I'm going to be there for the whole ride. Yeah. They know so, the fan base and they're just going to appeal to it. It's kind of like absurd. 50 year old men. <laughs> and in that, and in that regard, I'm not too worried about production going forward because it just is something that just gets better with experience. And as you sort of expose yourself to more people who know what I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm full of shit, but I, I am right about that album. Um, similarly, making it sound more interesting you know it's i don't think it'll be too hard to make their brand of power metal interesting mm. or more interesting as they go forward Sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. side, man yeah right now what i think we should do is if we can reach a consensus in about two minutes who is the who's our favorite band then out of the ones that we picked i think we can disregard the hell because justin ain't a fan I'm going to say, and this is shooting myself in the foot, and I have to do this, we're going to disregard Fall on Hope because of the professional sound engineer's little niggles about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a choice between Sky Valley Mistress and Video Nasties. Um, well, I'm going to, I, are we going to say that the people who brought those particular bands can't vote for them? Are we going to say well, that? It's going to be me and Johnny deciding anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, to make, well, make, to make, yeah, make, make a closing gone. statement, though, I think I'll say I'll, on video nasty sort of regard, I'd say there's definitely um recently there's definitely a more emerging sound of like making grindcore more accessible. You can even hear it in like new and Napalm death. It just sounds a lot cleaner and a lot easier to get into like than the older stuff. It's not quite as it is fringe. Maybe I don't know the fan base has expanded the horizons, or maybe they've come closer to like um, appealing to you know different kinds of ears. Um, but I see, I see them being like fucking huge in the next few years. Mm. But in a similar, similar capacity, Sky Valley Mistress really appeals to that. I'm not. This doesn't mean it in a disparaging way, but like Planet Rock in the summer is fucking shit up. It sometimes pulls out some really cool like classic rock and bluesy rock. Um, real fucking stalwarts. And I mentioned St. Jude and that's a really good example of it. And it sits in that kind of category for me. And it's what I could definitely go back to for that reason. And it's just not, even though it's like pentatonic dad rock in terms of it's like, in, in terms of musicality, it's not boring. Mm. Mm. All right. So that's, that's Jim's little sum up of it. So Johnny, who are you going for then? Uh, it's, it's a difficult one though, isn't it? Because they are two completely different vibes. Yeah, but that's the good thing about this. I know. They, they, they beat each other in place. Like, yeah, if I was going to sort of chill out and just have like a glass of whiskey in the evening, then I'd be, you know, Sky Valley Mistress all the way. Mm-hmm. But if I'm feeling a bit more aggressive, really want to get, you know, get into something heavier, then yeah, it's, it's going to be video nasties. But if I was going to pick one of the two, I think on, on this occasion, I, I, I hate to say this, but I think I might actually have to side with Jim on this one. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to have to go with Video Nasties, I think. I think well, the, they are the one that did really, uh, yeah, did really grab my attention just that slight little bit more. Than... I think, I think as, as like an agenda point, I think if we're just here to boost the, um, boost the more obscure stuff that people might not have heard, it's disingenuous to pick a best one. 
but 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 it's like Highlander, and there can be only one. Fucking <laughs> hell, there! Pure classic Mosley. There can only be one band. <laughs> <laughs> the strongest band will rise to the top. Exactly. <laughs> so, because, um, like, it's difficult because one day I might just be well up for a hell and I might well be well up for a forlorn hope. I'm not discounting anything in any regard. Mm. I'm just saying video nasties in terms of like, if we still sat here in 20 years, I bet you any money they'll be sat in mansions. <laughs> I think that, that now's their time. And I don't think that's, that's not saying they're the best of this four. I'm just saying that's why I picked them yeah, right now. Fair. Fair. Well, I'm picking video nasties because with Sky Valley Mistress, I really, really like her singing. I just, the music's not my cup of tea, whereas Video Nasties is. Whereas if Sky Valley Mistress singer sung with Video Nasties, that would be interesting. She's more likely to do an intro, though, isn't she? Exactly. We're getting singing tomorrow movie intro, and we have a we have a good in there. Yeah. Cool. Right. So I think we've reached the consensus, and we're getting near the end of the time and shit. So we'll we'll wrap this all up. So Uber Uber up, people. Do you want to do your social media crap and what have you? Go on, big man. <laughs> Plug your shit. Plug your shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, www.uber-rock.co.uk. Uh, I think it's the same exact same on Twitter as well, but without the dash. Uh, and I haven't got a clue what Instagram is because I, I did look after that. I could tell you <laughs> that one is um, Uber Rock Kicks Ass, I believe, is the Instagram. <laughs> uh, hotmail.com. Is, is that where it is, Johnny? Have we gone back to the email again? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not quite that bad, but yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's what the, our, our Instagram is. Sweet, Jim, do you want to do ours? If anyone... uh, yeah, all right, I'll do that. It was templeofblair.co.uk for all uh, written interviews I've done. Um, uh, Temple of Blair and everything, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at, I'm at Robert Jet on all those things, except Instagram because I can't be asked. Um, it's all just mostly interviews with Roadrunner people. The current project is the history of Roadrunner Records. Chapter one of the documentary is going to be out this Friday. I've literally just received the last approval. Thank fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's it. it. Sweet, that right. We will. Fucking it. That is fucking it. We will end that there then, and we will be back next time when all four of us can actually decide properly in the time <laughs> we're free to do. <laughs> already, yeah. I've already decided what picture's going to go there. Yes, yes, exactly. I'll sort that out for next is time. It a, is it a picture of Sharp? Maybe Dave with Sharp's face on. Yes. There we go. Yes. That's the winner. That's the winner. <laughs> awesome. No, just the end, darling.